This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Amanda Celine Miller, the voice of Boruto and Sailor Jupiter, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard worse when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, though my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on. And let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the journal of my life that covers all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Desai. I hope everybody's having a great week or a great start of the week, should I say. Um, this is Monday. Normally, I do it Sunday, but a lot of us going on this week, a lot. So I had to gather all the notes and news and everything, and mostly courtesy of Netflix, which just unloaded a huge amount of uh announcements and trailers that we're going to talk about in our next segment um along with ghostbusters they also added some stuff too and we're going to talk about all that in our uh next segment of what's new in the world of acmg also the biggest news of that week sag after won their battle the strike is over and we're going to talk about what they won against the battle of amt uh, ptp and um this is big this is huge and right before thanksgiving what better can be more thankful <laughs> this month didn't have this thing over because this could have dragged for a long time but it's finally over these guys are going to be able to work go back to work and not only just go back to work but go back to work happy knowing that they're getting their just due so we're going to talk about that and more but on the talk topic of the week we are going to talk about the marvels I got a chance to see it. I was out with all my fellas from the uh, ACMG Facebook group, along with my wife as well. And um, we're going to talk about that in what I believe is a sabotage uh, going on right now, because there's a situation, unfortunately, that has happened with that movie. And I I'll just talk about all that. But that's what we're going to be covering this week. That's the talk topic. Uh, we're going to give my thoughts on the Marvels and much more. And uh you know, let's not waste any time. Like I said, this is a loaded amount of news today. Let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. 
And now, it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. All right, folks, I will be remiss if I did not talk about what is possibly the biggest news of the week or of last week, I should say, and that is SAG after winning the strike against the AMPTP. Folks, Ben Nanny, a.k.a. Fran Drescher and Duncan Crabtree Ireland will go down in history as the game changers of Hollywood of this generation. Um, it, you know, she'll always be the nanny, but let's be real right now. She's Fran effing Drescher. Okay, um, she stood her ground. They stood their ground. Everybody stood their ground. Even the people that were struggling to stand their ground stood their ground and they won. Even with the last negotiation, I believe was given, they didn't approve of it and they said no. And then, you know what this reminds me of? The part in Civil War, both the Marvel Comics uh, Civil War movie and the, I mean, uh, series and saga and the movie where they always, they have the famous Captain America quote where it says, even if the whole world is telling you to move, it is your duty to plant yourself like a tree, look them in the eye and say, no, you move. That's exactly what SAG after did and they didn't move. AMPTP did, and they knew they were up against them. Uh, they, they knew, and I think, I think uh, Dresher and, and, and Crabtree Ireland knew that they were up against the wall. And they had them because otherwise they wouldn't have made this. They would have just dropped it. But they're losing money big time on this major money on this um, the, every week, every day that they're not in production, that the TV shows are not coming, that movies are not being made. They're losing an enormous amount of money from this. So they are basically they're basically like. Fine, we'll give it to you. So they, there's a, apparently a three year contract that um, gives pretty much everything that they're asking for. And here's the thing, again, I, you guys remember the, which the clip that you just heard basically was, you know, me and um, Jeffrey Thorne, you know, who was on the show last week talking about the SAG after strike and, and the writer strike right before, we talked about this right before the announcement of the strike being over. Um, but one of the things that we talked about was streaming networks you know, all of a sudden starting to raise their prices. And I need you guys to seriously, like if you haven't listened to the Jeffrey Thorne uh, episode that I did last week, by the way, shout out to Jeffrey and thank you for that. Uh, Cause he always keeps it real. He doesn't hold back <laughs> at all. He is a, he is a liberator, <laughs> if you will. Um, he, he has, he takes on the essence of Patrick, uh, of Dwayne McDuffie, definitely. And they don't hold back, man. It's like, um, he, we basically talked about like the reason why these rate hikes are coming from Netflix and Disney and all these other things. And reason being is because I told him and I believed, like you heard on the clip, that they're preparing to charge us in spite of what has happened or what, it, what has now happened. And I think that's it. I think by doing that, they were preparing to lose. They were preparing to like, all right, we, we're going to, we're backed against the wall. So how are we going to 
compensate for this okay we're gonna hike we're gonna take it out on the on the uh consumers they're gonna take it out on the members we're gonna hike the prices just to compensate to get any part of that money that we're gonna give to them back so we don't lose a thing that's what they're doing unfortunately we as consumers and i'm saying just in general because i'm aware we as consumers the majority aren't seeing that and it's almost like we should be striking too because they have more than enough if we do the math like fran like fran and duncan did if you do the math they can more than afford what they're asking what they're doing what they're giving to the um to the actors and everybody involved in sack after and also still have a lot of money left over from what we provide this is why it is it's imperative that we look at things as consumers and not as just fans and as i'm gonna as i am going to be talking about netflix and what they're providing and i will definitely say they are giving us a lot of great content and not every, the thing is not everybody's netflix is it worth the money that they're providing that's what you got to ask yourself i honestly when it comes to netflix i'm honestly going to probably say yes after we talk about the neck uh the netflix geek lineup that they just showed uh over the entire weekend but let's talk about what sag after has won in this uh fight so the agreement includes this is a three-year agreement that includes two wage increases in the first year of contract that is seven percent upon ratification and another four percent increase effective july 2024 so that's like they're already getting a, a rate hike and all this is to meet inflation that's all it is they just it's not like they, they want extra money because they're stars or they're hard workers you know or they're or they're entitled and, and like I, when i say entitled selfishly entitled i guess i can say no they are entitled to have a living like everybody else you are entitled to have some type of wage where you can live off of everything that's going on and you can meet inflated prices that are going on right here because inflation is getting high this is not only again this is not only going on in hollywood this is happening everywhere because inflation affects everybody so that's why there is multiple strikes out there outside of sag after in wga starbucks and amazon and all these other places that are striking because they're also trying to meet that inflated that of the inflation that's going on right now and they're not getting paid to meet that standard when when prices are getting higher and they're getting paid this much not to be able to afford it but they're working all these odd hours to do so you know what i'm saying like what are, what are you going to do like starbucks is asking for 15 dollars at best um and i talked to a colleague about it it was like that might not even be enough but that's still fair enough for them to say that they can live off they can pay rent they can do you know they can do stuff like that like that's what sag after is doing and the idea that both wga and sag after one this has to influence a lot of other industries right now to say like okay they lost it's possible that we're gonna lose too I, I i see a chain of this happening um also i would add again i mentioned this on um the select start episode this doesn't include the video game industry that's a whole new contract and there may be another strike coming very soon for that so 
that's that, that's the one thing that they have um the other thing is wages and back uh, for background uh actors will increase by 11 percent effective november 12th which is officially happening right now in addition and and, and, and with an additional four percent effective july 1st 2024 and another increase in july 1st 2025 this equally covers positions on both east and west coast that's awesome that is freaking awesome a nearly 43 percent increase to the contribution cap for one hour productions and nearly 67 percent increase to the cap for half hour productions will result in an increased contribution to the health and pension retirement funds which also helps performers working on their shows to continue qualifying for benefit coverage this is the part where i think is going to really be a big issue along with ai as well but this is the part is going to be a big issue probably for the um video game industry the health factor when i say that because you got voice actors and booths all the time and i i always go back to molly because if you're a fan of molly flanagan that means you're a fan of naruto and if you watch every naruto movie tv series video game what does she do every single time she shouts and yells and cry and does battle cries how many times is your are you going to be able to say rasengan before you lose your voice or sasuke before you lose your voice okay like it, it just it happens way too often and I've heard from if you guys have listened to the interviews that I've done on this show, you've heard many times like Kyle and them talking about like how they had to try to, you know, preserve their voice. They got these different techniques or different methods or rituals or whatnot that they do to preserve their voice. And, you know, it, it's it's hard. It's hard. Like they come some of them come home and don't even and can't even speak for a few hours. And then they probably got to do it the next day. You know what I'm saying? Like, so like it can damage your vocals be doing that after a while I, I give you a great example steven tyler from aerosmith it you know yes he's yay old but he still can hit those notes really high but recently he broke his vocal cords um he injured himself doing a dream uh, like um what is it dream weaver or, um dream on whatever um i know i'm getting that wrong and it's sad because that's my favorite song uh, one of my one of my favorite songs is Aerosmith, but um, he broke he he injured himself doing it, and they said he was bleeding in the mouth because you know if you know if you're a fan of uh, Aerosmith or Steven Tyler, you know how high he goes, almost like a rock version of Mariah Carey <laughs> in a lot of ways, and that's crazy that he he injured himself so much that he bled. So you know what I'm saying like, and I'm pretty sure he's insured. I'm pretty damn sure he's he's hella insured for them. They need the same thing for that. So I'm I'm more interested in that when he when it gets to the video game industry part two. The union successfully brought about uh the creation of a new compensation stream for performers working in streaming. That means Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, all that stuff. So that was one of the biggest issues too. That they didn't know how they were being compensated for um the residuals. See here's the thing for a lot of you gen z kids who didn't grow up during the time when, when vhs tapes and all the stuff or cd or uh, dvds and all the stuff was out because everything is like mostly digital now and blu-ray still out so that's the thing but digital's most likely you know it, it's it's now the new thing 
Everything is streaming. So they actors would get residuals. Actors or performers would get residuals for every time a DVD or CD was sold and they would get residuals from that. When the issue of the streaming network comes in, that becomes a bit of a issue because they don't know how the algorithm goes and how the system goes in order to really determine what they're getting paid or how much they're getting paid. Now they do because now there's more insight data more than ever of how many people are getting, how many people are watching said projects or whatever like that. So there wasn't like, I'll give you, and I'll break away to give you another example, CM Punk. One of the th reasons why I think he left WWE a long time ago was basically because of everything going into what was at the time the WWE network. And it, they were no longer going to be selling DVDs or VHSs and all that stuff. They were going to put all their content into streaming. And because there was no real stipulation to that, they didn't have, because they used to pay every time they would use footage of a wrestler past, present, or current or, or future, um, or past and present, I would say, um, they, that person, that performer would get paid because they're being shown on TV. Referees, everybody, they will be shown on TV. Now, if you notice, if you played WWE 2K23 and you watch John Cena <laughs> mode, they do, they show clips of his matches. What they also do is blur out the face of the referee, because if they show the referee on air, that means they got to pay that referee for every copy that is done. So they decided to blur it out because they didn't want to pay, pay, uh, pay that referee. So that's one of the things I'm talking about. CM Punk really one of the reasons why he didn't want to mess with WWE at the time, because they were moving all their digital, all their, um, the video content into streaming and they didn't have a pay window. They didn't have a pay uh, wall for how all the wrestlers is going to get paid. And they were just going for it. The other thing that they did too, was that they, they scanned everybody and they made them sign an agreement to scan everybody kind of bullied them into scanning their whole likenesses and for it to be used whenever they want to. That's an issue that, that SAG after was fighting about right now too. So now they have, they set up a system that will allow them to have some type of compensation for the new streaming, you know, the, any streaming content that involves them on air. So that's great. It provides a substantial bonus on top of existing residual structure, making work and streaming more sustainable for middle-class actors. Cause there's a lot of people who are getting paid like the George Clooney's and the, as, as we talked about with you, Jeffrey Thorne and everything, you know, there are a lot of Juris Clooney's out there. There, there aren't that many Juris Clooney's out there. There aren't that many Dwayne Johnson's out there. There aren't that many, you know, Angelina Jolie's or whatever like that, or Meryl Streep's or whatnot, like that are getting paid like that. Those are just, those are one percenters. There's a bunch of other percenters out there that are not getting that much. And again, if you listen to every single interview that I've had with a actor that is involved in, you know, something, they have said it. Stephanie, Stephanie Shea says she does not ride in a Rolls Royce. She rolls in a normal car, an affordable car. And she, you know, she lives that life, but she also lives, you know, she lives good, but not as not like, not like George Clooney. Good. 
<laughs> okay, just like, like I said, there's only a few that, like, if your name isn't Nolan North, or, um, or what's the other one, or Troy Baker, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's a rarity. Like, it's Troy Baker and, and Nolan North are probably, like, the highest paid voice actors out there, and then they kind of just, they just about right next to the other actors, the uh, other actors that do live action in prime time. So, yeah, it, it's uh, it's it's pretty interesting how that scale goes and how this, you know, the, the stratification goes within Hollywood. It's very like a lot of people don't know how that goes, but I this this um this SAG after strike and WGA strike really exposed everything and for the better, because the the misconception is that everybody's rich once you get into Hollywood or you're getting paid. Nah, somebody somebody's projects. You'd be surprised how much they are getting paid just to do. Go look up uh, how much Friday, um, how much they did to do Friday. Go look up how much Spike Lee had to put up to do his um, first movie. You know, she's got to have it. Like, he, 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 he couldn't pay people. Kevin Smith, another one. Clerks. Go look up the documentary for Clerks and see how much, what they had to do to sacrifice and to make that, all these films, you know, time-honored cult classics and everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, People put up a lot of risk, and I think a lot of people are unaware of it or uneducated to it as well. Again, it was just why I had this show, and I have these honored guests on the show to talk about the things that you may not know about. Like, if you're going into, if you want to go into acting, here's what you need to know before you go in. If you want to be a writer, here's what you need to know before you get in. You know, a game developer, whatever. Here's what you need to know. That is what Talk Time Live is, people. But I digress. The contract also brought about an importance gained for hair and makeup equity this is interesting the sharing of aggregate diversity statistics which eliminates inappropriate wigging i'll get you this in a minute and paint downs gender neutral language access to gender affirming care and translation service when they said inappropriate wigging the first thing that came to my mind was shamar moore and Tyler Perry's, uh, was it, um, I forgot, was it, was it, um, Diary of a Mad Black Woman? So, like, Shamar Moore had the worst cornrow, no, that's not true. There was, my man from Walking Dead also had a bad cornrow wig, but it's stuff like that. That right there, it just looks, it just looks so fake. <laughs> like, if you saw Shamar Moore, it's like, you know this dude don't have cornrows like that, and it looks so cartoony. So like, that's what we had to deal with back then. And you know, of course, Tyler Perry did not have the budget that he had now, but it did help. So he can afford to have better prosthetic hair <laughs> now that he did back then. But uh, I don't even know why he just even, why he even had to have a coral. I don't, I never understood that. Never understood. But um, yeah, man, it, it was, it's just crazy. But I like this, I love this. I really, really love this idea. Cause now it, it's like, I didn't realize that they were going into their date they're this whole deal is reshaping hollywood in such a great way and i i really really love uh hearing this this also includes though sexual harassment prevention protection for performers including the use of intimacy coordinators in scenes involving nudity and simulated sex or upon requests and additional safeguards for background you gotta have it you gotta have it man I mean, look what happened in Hollywood in the last few years. 
you know the whole weinstein situation like you gotta have these these things going on and if you know what what has gone on for years in hollywood you this was warranted this it was absolutely needed and of course the consent rights of ai so this was everything that i believe was i i and according and i got all this according to deadline uh you know the deadline's website so i thought this was absolutely um incredible on their part three years is going to be come really quick i gotta believe but like either way we'll see how three years is going to be and how it impacts everything and how everything go we should see results of what's happening at this time and i'm looking forward to it and of course like this week i'm going to be having amanda c miller on the show who is i believe part of sac after as well so i'm going to get to hear her thoughts on that and of course we're going to be talking about baruto and the new naruto cross uh I mean, Bar uh, Naruto Cross Barto Ultimate Ninja Storm Connections coming out dropping this Friday. So uh, definitely stay tuned for that. And I'll repeat that at the end of the show as always. But this is great. This is absolutely great. Not only is this great for them, again, I hope that this will influence other strikes that are going on right now because I think everybody was waiting to see how these results, because if they failed, this could have influenced the industries the other industries to go the other way as well because well if they lost then what are the chances of they winning no they won and that means there's a chance that other companies will get their just due as well so um this is this is absolutely awesome and then again i say this again the video game industry is also still on target so stay tuned for that because i if i'm the video game industry and i saw that you know that both the wga and sag after won their their fights how are you going to battle that how are you going to get around that that's going to be interesting so we'll see what goes on there all right let's talk about some great impactful news courtesy of netflix netflix geeked or netflix geek week came last week and it was kind of they, they treated this like a convention an online social media convention where they announced a whole lot of new shows that are coming and I'm going to talk about some of the shows that I just thought was like, I can't wait for this to come out. None bigger than Yu Yu Hakusho. The trailer finally dropped. And let me tell you something. I was, I was absolutely worried. And not so much because One Piece really did a great job. Secretly, not so secretly, I didn't mind Cowboy Bebop either, but Yu Yu Hakusho trailer dropped. And the one thing that I just got excited for is when I saw the Takoro brothers, which means we're going to get possibly the dark tournament in this some form of fashion. This is season one. So I don't know how they're going to do this and how many episodes this is going to be, but you know, this is a live action version of the manga and anime. So for those idiots out there on social media who are just not feeling the the look of the characters even though the costumes are exactly like they're on point but the fate but the hair it's mostly the hairstyles that people are not digging. i'm like look deal with it it's not that big of a deal you're not going to see kuahara with a pompadour all right that's a that that sucks but that's not a that's not a deal breaker period like that's not even just a deal breaker for me that's not a deal breaker period i want the performances to rock i want the characters to feel like 
yeah, the characters that I love. And like I said, Yu Yu Hakusho, probably my second all-time favorite anime series. Uh, it, it, you know, one of the top five, my, um, my Mount Rushmore of anime uh, shows. I want your Yusuke Yurameshi to be that dude. And yeah, I, I'm all for it. So the trailer for that really started off hot. It started off showing um, Yusuke dead and him, his ghost hovering over him, just like the, uh, the series. And he's really super dead. Like he's bleeding and everything. Like you didn't see that part in, in the, um, in the series, but it looks like he, they're going to, you know, recreate the same situation where he dies from a, um, a car accident, possibly trying to save a kid. Cause that's what he did in the, in the, um, in the series. And this is going to turn him into a, uh, spirit detective. He's going to end up teaming with Kuwabara we, um, as well. We also saw Hiei, and um, we saw, I think we saw everybody, basically, um, the entire cast there, and they look awesome, every single one of them. But the Tagoro brothers, man, oof, Tagoro and his, ah, oh, man, they look awesome. They even, he's even, they even made him look insanely tall. I don't know if that was special effects or whatever like that, but you can't make Tagoro like the big, the taller brother, he was insanely huge. So they had to make him bigger to make him menacing. And they did. And they show a little clip of him, of all of the, of the spirit detectives all going against him in the, in, in the, um, what it looks like the parking lot, which is the parking lot scene from the, uh, from the manga and anime series. Well, I am ready and it is coming literally in less than a month from today <laughs> I, I i still can't wait i this is like i love one piece so i love what they did but this one this to me was is the main event this year this is the one they I, i'm i'm more excited for this than i was for one piece i've been a avid fan you guys don't understand all you new all you new uh anime fans out there all you new otaku out there like I said, in the nineties, said this before in the nineties, the two hottest animes out there at the time was Dragon Ball Z and Yu Yu Hakusho and Yu Yu, um, Yu Yu Hakusho is only second to Dragon Ball Z. They were the most popular shows at the time. And then the next generation came and it was like Naruto and Bleach. Naruto being the Dragon Ball of the, of the next generation and Bleach being the Yu Yu Hakusho. Um, they both kind of played off of the, the originals. So man, it, it, it's just, it, I, I, so, I'm so glad that they're really bringing this to life. I, this just look awesome. I mean, we do get to see him shooting off the ray gun and that looked pretty dope too. So, um, and I like the fact that it is a Japanese cast and they are, looks like they're keeping it, you know, Japanese with subtitle. I, you know what? I don't mind this. I don't mind this at all. And they probably will do a dub version. It's possible they'll do a dub version, but honestly, I don't mind doing uh, doing subs for this, respectfully, because it, it they, the whole Japanese cast it just makes sense. I'm glad they didn't localize it or Americanize the whole thing. Um, it is straight to source. We got new people we've never seen before, so these guys are going to be able to make their way. And if anybody from Repop is listening to this, get the cast next year. If pending that this show actually is successful, I'm just saying, because if this show is successful, best believe 
these guys are going to be like bts um it believe that um or is it b2k i think it's b2k <laughs> see how much i'm not into k-pop <laughs> but um i tell you what man um i'm excited i'm very excited and it is b2k what the hell is bts but nonetheless um i'm looking forward to that among other things they also had a teaser announcement of arcane season two one of the best shows of the time season one was phenomenal and now we uh, got a announcement that it will arrive november tw uh, 2024 i think a lot of these uh 2024 dates are mostly due to the strike i think some of them probably would have come out uh, a little bit faster but at the same time the strike has only been like three months so it really didn't do but so much but it's amazing how much they lost in three like um hollywood has lost money in three months in the amount of money that they lost so it is coming and it is coming in 2024 november late 2024. we also got news on a new witcher series uh coming out uh a witcher sirens of the deep which i believe it is a it is a animated uh movie i don't know if it's a movie i think it's a movie and it is coming late 2024 as well doug cockle i don't know who that is is scheduled to play the role of Geralt. um but it looks awesome it looks like the artwork the art style looks very much like the studio which i probably studio mirror which is i believe the studio that brought us um justice league uh, uh not justice league uh young justice i think it, it looks exactly like that art style so um interested to see what uh happens with that and who's a part of that so that's coming we get a behind the scenes look uh more like a behind the scenes look at the sketching of laura croft in tomb raider uh the legend of laura croft which is coming soon they didn't give a specific date for that but it looks incredible absolutely beautiful blood of zeus season two has also been announced for 2024 no specific date the next chapter in the masters of the universe evolution the kevin smith series that has just been absolutely fantastic and absolutely awesome from start to finish coming soon possibly in 2024 they didn't give a date for that either but i know they were in production of that and they probably everybody's back in production pretty much right now the biggest surprise here at least right now is the announcement that a, a anime an anime not an animated series an anime based on the terminator is coming soon that is going to be crazy they didn't show any visuals for it they just teased it they showed the logo but they said an anime so this is clearly going to be an anime and i the reason why i'm separating anime from animated series because there's some goofball people who don't know the difference anime is a japanese art style an art form of animation everything else is an animated series or cartoon and what i love about that and why i can confirm this now is because the director behind blue eyed samurai did a behind the scenes um this week and she talked about which she how did how she wanted to film the move uh the series the, right down from the actual choreograph um, the fight choreography and the influence and she said she wanted the series to be heavily influenced because she's a martial artist herself on martial arts films as well 
as anime. She wanted to be influenced by anime. So for those people who are automatically going to call Blue Eye Samurai an anime, it is not an anime. It is an animated series. That is a difference, but it's heavily influenced. Like there are people out there, and if you're listening, you're probably one of them. There are people out there who like just because the art style it looks fantastic compared to what normal american cartoons used to look like that is they automatically chime it as a or proclaim it as an anime no i had this argument with with people about avatar people were claiming that avatar the last airbender was an anime because of its character design and high quality of animation that it had no that's not it it's an animated series maybe influenced by anime a lot of today's animated series are heavily influenced by anime because of what they were able to do uh at the time because in the 90s we had crappy cartoons back then and which made which migrated people over to anime because we saw how spectacular everything looked so now you the u.s has caught up with the quality style of animation and now all of a sudden when you see something like blue eye samurai or you know legend of core or whatever like that they automatically think it's an anime or boondocks to that matter they automatically think it's an anime no now boondocks may actually be because it's done by studio mayor so but in the style that is done it's 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 like a splice but nonetheless not every great looking anime animated series is an anime and i'm glad that the director of blue eye samurai she confirmed that it was it's not an animated series it's an anime so when we talk about like stuff like that we got to make sure that we get it right culturally right because the term anime was based upon japanese animation nothing else and yes they may go to japan and say like it's just animation to them but no we see it as different because we couldn't do what they did at the time <laughs> and we still technically can't do it like they Japan has been eons ahead of the game in terms of great animation and character design and all this stuff and managing to make that look fantastic for since dating back to 1984 and beyond that, to be honest. And we just now caught up. We just now caught up like in the late nineties and um, like the late nineties into the two thousands or whatnot. And that's mostly, I give credit to that to WB animation. Cause it was like justice league unlimited and all and every other series from that from point oh even batman animated series to be honest that caught up and really like okay we need to do this there were some influences that i wouldn't i know for a fact that was that was heavily inspired and influenced by japan and i'll give you a great example of that there's an episode of justice league unlimited if you look at the date of that episode or when it aired um it was when superman faced off against shazam and he got a little bit jealous of shazam which led to those two fighting each other. And this is the first time you ever, and I don't know if Dwayne McDuffie is responsible for writing that episode, but if he did, kudos to him. This was the first time you ever seen two superheroes fight each other, ever. You've not seen this ever before, never. They, never, they would never cross paths in any of these things. It was just not the way, like you would never see characters bleed in america you never see them die like we up until later on in his in in, in, in the years and in fact superman it, it was a rarity to have a death scene 
in a cartoon, in an animated series or cartoon in America. There's rarities, huge rarities. And one of the biggest ones was Brave Star. If anybody remember that cartoon where a kid died from a drug overdose, never done before and never happened until recent because it was just, they never wanted to associate cartoons to, to forms of reality, but now things have changed. And so is our art style and everything. We managed to keep up, keep up with a quality that can at least sustain itself to anime. But yes, it is absolutely, absolutely not an anime. Terminator is going to be an anime. <laughs> they have, they've addressed that. So there's a reason why they're addressing things, certain things as anime and certain things like Scott Pilgrim takes off, which is coming out this week and will be reviewed on this week's talk time live. Mind you, that's an anime. That is an absolute 100% anime right there that's coming out and they've addressed that. And it's also done by a studio, uh, anime, uh, anime studio as well. So you got to make sure you get it right. Don't, this is why you need to research before you go online, and start running your mouth. I'm just saying. So next thing we got to see was Addy Shankar looking normal for once. <laughs> and he talks about Devil May Cry which is coming in 2024 and I cannot wait for this. This looks awesome. I will say this, Adi Shankar, first time I saw him, he just came off so weird. Um, he creepy weird at that, but can't deny him. He, he's kind of like the Kanye of like, uh, animated shows right now. Like he's making some awesome, awesome shows. Now I hope it doesn't lead to a Kanye esque journey, if you will, but Right now, he's, he's great, man. It's the stuff that he's about to come out with and the stuff that he's already come out with has been fantastic. Um, just been great. And it looks like Devil May Cry is gonna be another one. He discusses the outcry of fans wondering if the series would ever come. I'm one of those people. If you go if you go back, if you've been listening to this show, I've said this many a times because it's date back to when he was on IGN and he was talking about somewhat of a crossover between, uh, between Devil May Cry in Castlevania. And in fact, there was a little bit of an Easter egg in the last um, Castlevania series, not the Nocturne, the the original one, the first one. So there, you did see the um, Dante's sword in there, the sword of uh, Sparta in there. So there are hints of that and it may still be coming, but Devil May Cry is officially here. So, he, you know, we now know uh, he's also working with Studio Mayor for this. So anime, <laughs> there you go. So they, um, he's bringing that to fans and he's talking about like the reason why it took so long because he wants to make sure that this is one of the, if one of the best, if not the best animated series possible for Netflix. And it's, it's really kind of going to be hard for him to say because he's doing a ton of different series on Netflix. Like he's now the JJ Abrams or the Greg Berlanti for Netflix right now in terms of animated series. So it's going to be, it's going to be pretty great. Um, I have no doubt after what I've seen with him do with captain laser Hawk and, in the, um, the Castlevania series, I have no doubts. I have no, no doubts about him. Um, God cat coming in 2024 based on a top selling tabletop game known as exploding kittens. Tom Ellis plays the role of God cat. And it's from the executive producers of Beavis and Butthead, King of the Hill, and The Office. That actually sounds like it's going to be funny. So uh, I'm looking for, I'm actually looking forward to that because that's a great combination of uh, <laughs> things going on there. 
The Umbrella Academy also has been announced for season four, which is coming in 2024. I can't wait. That show has been absolutely freaking awesome and insane and very creative and very innovative in terms of storytelling and such like that. So um, the entire cast is awesome. I'm looking forward to that. Speaking of casting, while Riverdale has ended its series, a new universe of the Archies is coming. And I believe it's coming in the form of India. <laughs> Maybe I, I believe they said South Africa, I believe over here, but it looks like India. This is like the cast is or, or, or from India or whatnot. Um, so coming in December 7th, a whole new take of the beloved comic book series. And as me as an Archie fan, because whether you know it or not, one of my first comic books that I've ever liked and enjoyed was the Archies. And I think Casper was the other one too. But before I moved up and, and you know, got, you know, grew up and, you know, older enough to like appreciate, you know, the Spider-Mans and the other stuff. Um, Archie's was my deal. Like I grew I, I like watching the little Archie's TV show on, um, that used to come on in the morning. Loved that. Loved all of it. So a new version is coming out and this is going to be interesting how they put this together and like the whole entire cast it looks like it's it's um like a, a whole entire indian cast east indian cast it looks insane like I, I don't know what to make of it i don't know what's gonna happen here but man this is this is uh this is gonna be interesting yeah okay so i'm looking at it now i'm looking at uh, i just looked it up and it is archie comics are reimagined in live action musical comedy set in 1960s India. So this is an entire Indian cast here and they're all playing are some of our, you know, iconic roles. Suhana Khan as Veronica Lodge, uh, Digan Reina as Reggie. Uh, I believe she's called pronounced suit, uh, Kushi as Betty. Anga, what is his name? Uh, August, Angansha? I gotta, see, I would ask my wife who is from India. I don't know if she'd be able to pronounce it herself. She was born in America. Her ethnic identity is totally out the door here. I might have to go to the parents or whatever like that. Um, but I'm just gonna stop here because I'm probably gonna butcher every single name here until I actually hear it. But the entire cast is from India and this is gonna be an interesting take. I am, I'm intrigued by this. So see how this one goes. And uh, I, this was just really off the wall take on this. This is like really, um, I don't know why. I don't know, but I'm I'm very much intrigued by this. So I'm looking forward to it. I know fans of Stranger Things is looking for some new stuff and they did announce a new season that is coming. They didn't say when, but I'm assuming 2024, definitely. Speaking of Stranger Things, Millie Bobby Brown, also stars in our own uh, movie called Damsel coming in 2023. Angela Bassett was uh, shown in the uh, trailer as well. So um, that should be, that should be a very much, that should be very interesting too. It looks like they say Damsel, but she's probably gonna be the heroine of the bunch from what I saw in the trailer. So we'll see. Steven and Robbie Amell, <laughs> two people that I know is glad that the uh, SAG after strike is over, especially Steven. Uh, is now starring in the sequel to Code 8. Code 8 Part 2 is coming soon as well. The Brother Son starring Michelle Yu, who is now in everything. They don't, they don't play around, man. 
they they she is the go-to person she's gonna be the new samuel l jackson of <laughs> this time she got a new she has a new movie coming out in july 4th 2024 looks very cool look interesting entire asian uh cast on air too so that's pretty dope um then we got the trailer to avatar the last airbender we finally get to see what this looks like too i'm in I, i'm i'm so i'm so excited about this like this is probably the second most exciting series i'm looking forward to um other than yu yu haka show but it looks awesome it looks fantastic looks like they're going to do it right this time and it is coming february 22nd so stay tuned for that orion and the dark which is an animated movie coming out is coming 2024 as well jurassic world is coming out with an animated series called chaos theory that is scheduled for 2024 ultraman fans like myself we're getting a movie and here's the here's the catch it's not an anime <laughs> so it is a 3d animated movie based on the super sentai you know series um if you guys remember the astro boy animated movie that came out years ago it kind of looks like that it, it's kind of looking like their take on that what, what the company once known as image um was doing this looks like a take on that now very interestingly so the main character is a looks to be a japanese um character however it is in english and i could swear i i tried to look this up on imdb but there is nothing released yet and probably for a reason but the voice of the character that is playing ultraman sounds like paul rudd and maybe that's why they're holding out on telling us who it is because they don't want they don't want that smoke from the cancel culture community <laughs> so um that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting to say the least and uh we'll see how that goes but it looks pretty interesting it doesn't look like the ultraman you know series that that's currently on the actual anime that they have uh on netflix which is absolutely awesome if you haven't seen that series that series is is one of the best ultraman series ever but this one this take is a animated movie which is kind of playing on the original 1960s retro ultraman series and even the ultraman itself kind of looks like the regular ultraman but the character design is a little bit different he's a little bit linky in 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 uh in, in stature and whatnot so looking forward to that I'm, I'm i'm gonna watch it regardless um star trek prodigy season one which i believe wasn't in paramount plus uh, is coming december 25th i don't believe this is a new series this is a series that was on paramount plus um and, and it's funny because jeffrey thorne when we were talking he mentioned something about what paramount plus was going to do in terms of all the the star trek shows that they were going to be coming out with and to see this coming on to Netflix reminds me of all these W all these WB shows and all these DC films that are now all of a sudden being shown and the HBO shows that are now being shown on Netflix. I don't know what's to deal with that, but it's making Netflix a lot more powerful these days. <laughs> it makes it seem like, cause when here's the deal, when HBO max came out and Netflix when actually when Netflix came out, I used to always say like Netflix is becoming the new HBO because their content really mimics HBO. They got all comedy shows. They got all the exclusive movies and everything. 
And then HBO decided to do their own streaming network and try to rival them and Disney Plus. And you know, when WBD was formed, which is W Warner Brothers Discovery, they took the HBO out of the Max brand and it's now Max. I didn't know that also until getting rid of a lot of the HBO content that was there. Cause I mean like Insecure, Ballers, a lot of those shows are not on there. And I, I, I don't understand what Max or HBO or Warner Brothers Discovery is doing on that note, but they're literally giving all the content over to Netflix, like just, just ball it up and throw it in the trash, will you? So um, along with all of this, last bit of news from Netflix uh, announcements, they also announced a bunch of games that are coming for Netflix as well. If you guys know, if you got a Netflix subscription, they also provide free video games, not just original games that they have based on their shows, but also games that we've played like indie games that we've all played. And not only the good, the great part about that, and you can play on your mobile devices. The great part about this is that there are some games that involve some in-app purchases that they have, but Netflix does not let you indulge in any of that. Like everything is totally free. So when you play the games on there, the games that involve in-app purchases on there, if you have a Netflix subscription, then you're voided of all those in-app purchases. You don't make any in-app purchases in there. It's all totally free. That part I love, because if you don't own a Netflix subscription and if you download it, not from Netflix, then you will have to pay any extra stupid fees or whatever like that for those games that require in-app purchases. But this, nope, nada. I was happy about this. I was actually, really happy about this because some of the games that, that, that they have on there are games that act or indie game, really cool indie games that are award winning indie games that um, I've already have on a switch. But some are games that I know that I would never play because they try to nickel and dime you all the time, but not in the Netflix filter. And they have some new games that they have announced that's coming out. And I gotta tell you, if you haven't played some of these games, I highly recommend it. One of which involves a guest that I had prior to in here. So slay away camp two is coming to um netflix gaming hades will be coming to netflix hey uh the netflix soon hades if you guys um remember i interviewed greg casavan who was one of the heads of super giant games when that game first came out in 2020 and it won a lot of awards for that game is now making its debut on the on netflix so you'll be able to play hades on your phone trust me when i tell you if you not play hades you're gonna get a you're gonna be able to play it without paying for it technically technically because you technically are paying for it but they're giving this to you and trust me this is a great deal hades is an awesome addictive but also great story to storytelling game roguelike it's a roguelike game if you have again play the game and then go visit talktimelive.com check out the exclusive interviews page check out my interview with greg casavan as we talk about it at the time when they were when they were putting it together and i told him like man if y'all get an award for this i am like I, it's a crime <laughs> i said something of that nature today also coming to netflix uh gaming is katana zero i reviewed this ages ago also a really awesome dope game fantastic like the storytelling in that game it's a retro style game but it's storytelling and, and it's really gritty and it involves you a sort of kind of a deadbeat ninja sort of kind of uh it has a, it has a like a john wick type of vibe to it 
in trust me go check it out in there death store is also coming drag a new dragon prince game is coming and a netflix original game called netflix stories money heist all coming so that is everything on the front we got a lot of great news um coming in there rubble moon also was uh shown too i didn't get to see that um which is zack snyder's which is zack snyder's um series uh, or movie that's coming out i didn't get a chance to see the actual trailer but it, i've seen it seen clips of it before and part one will be coming soon i believe december 22nd and then i think the other one is coming in 2024 shortly after 2024 so the other trailer the last thing i'm going to talk about uh this uh what's new is the trailer for ghostbusters frozen empire it dropped and it's starring both the old and new generation ghostbusters coming together to uh to face a frosty new threat like everything around them is becoming frigid and cold and my goodness it is going to be awesome it is uh i am so looking forward to this um i love ghostbusters afterlife i love what they did i am hoping that we get to see the return of a particular friend of mine that appeared on that show as well so we'll see how that goes it looks like they're going in a new location they're going to be somewhere else in this one but we'll see but i'm glad the entire cast is back and um and now they're more established this time around but they're also working with the old crew um dan Aykroyd, um uh god bill murray and um what is the other one what is the uh i'm so blanking out ghostbusters let me look that up ernie uh ernie uh good god what am i doing here what is what is going here ghostbusters afterlife da, 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 da. Paul Rudd. yeah paul rudd's gonna be back um ernie hudson jesus christ seriously great um harold ramus will not probably be there because they did a send-off on there but you know a holographic send-off but yeah we're gonna it, all the cast is coming back dana recory bill mary Paul Rudd, um, Finn uh, Wolfert, which is one of the new cast, um, McKenna Grace, who played Phoebe in there as well. Uh, it, it's it should be great. The entire cast was awesome on air last time, and uh, I expect no different here. It it, it looks really cool. Looks like it's going to be more epic than before. And get ready, it's coming. So, folks, that will do it for what's new in the world of ACMG. We're going to take a break. Come back. And I will talk about the Marvels, give my thoughts about it, but also talk about a situation, a ongoing situation that happens whenever there's a project involving a female cast lead. And we'll do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTomLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTomLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live. This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. 
and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Believe it! Do it. And now it's time for our top topic of the week. Ready? Wait! Folks, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and this is my review of the Marvel starring Brie Larson, Tiana Paris, and the ever-incredible Iman Vellani. And I say ever-incredible because you guys got to remember, this young lady, this is only a second acting gig ever. <laughs> she, Her first acting gig was Miss Marvel. She's never had any prior... I don't think she's done anything prior. Like she had no, in fact, let me go into her IMDB page real quick and just see what she's done. Like, no, she's done nothing. (laughs) Her IMDB page has three credits, three credits, people. And one of them hasn't even come out yet. She did Miss Marvel. That was the first one. Second one is is the Marvels that she just did. And the third one is the upcoming Avengers Quantum Encounter, which, by the way, they did change the name of that. That's interesting. But, um, yeah, man, like, this is her third. I mean, this is her second acting gig. She has no prior gigs. Can you imagine having, like, not many... It's, it's, here's the thing. I'm, this is what makes me so perplexed about her, and I'm sure everybody else who watches. She's only like she's had no prior, you know, jobs from this. I don't think she's even had acting courses. I think, from what we understand, if I remember correctly, she was a fan of the of the comic book. She she loved the co- she loved the character, rightfully so. She dressed up like her for like as a cosplay for Halloween, I believe. And she really understood the character a lot. And she just decided for some reason, they encouraged her family, encouraged her her friends, encouraged her to audition. She auditioned and she knocked it out according to Kevin Feige and the rest. And they hired her immediately. There's a reason why when it comes to the MCU casting, they don't, I, I, I beg you, give me a name of somebody that they got wrong in casting. I have yet to see like th- this is not like tougher Gracie playing Venom <laughs> in, in the Spider-Verse. No, they get it right every single time. And these guys fit the format, but none almost better than Iman as Kamala Khan. She embodies that. Like if you ever I've read the champions, I used to I, I love reading the champions comic when it was out um, and anything involving Kamala Khan, the Avengers video game would not. She embodies that character and she shows the fandom and it looks so natural it's a this girl can be this young lady can be considered a prodigy this is like the only other person i remember that was this natural with not with little to no skills at the time was will smith like will smith came in as a hip-hop artist as a very famous hip-hop artist and then he dabbed his feet into acting and did like what six degrees of separation and all of a sudden People dig dug him. And then he kept doing his films and he did, he did um Fresh Prince of Bel Air and took off. Quincy Jones gave him the gave him the nod and he took off. And then from there, he just got better and better and better. This is kind of that situation. And let me tell you, she was the MVP of this movie. And Brie Larson and Tiana Paris, they're they're veterans, they're pros, they do their thing. 
but she really stuck out and it kind of the the actual movie itself the story of this movie really does revolve around kamala as well um in a sense that the bangle is what they call it is really something a little bit more deeper and if you're a comic book fan you know what this leads to which i thought was like awesome when they revealed this again something involving kamala khan is revealing something bigger and deeper in the marvel cinematic universe like it feels like they even centering everything is being centered around her and it kind of is if you look at the end of the movie um and we talk about it here but basically the story of this is that it takes place right after the events of miss uh marvel and if you guys remember at the end of Ms. Marvel, the end credit scene, um, her bangles started glowing and then all of a sudden she switched out with Ms. Marvel in, in her house and everything. And that's where he left off. And well, basically that's because Carol Danvers and Monica Rambeau and Kamala Khan, all of their, their quantum-based powers are merging together now due to another bangle that has been found in space. The bangle that her, um, that the, um, that evil group in, in Ms. Marvel was looking for. Apparently it wasn't even in, it wasn't even in, on earth. It was out, it was in space and they managed to find it. And you know, this brings all of them together because she used it, it merged and manipulated their powers together. And they kept switching different and teleporting into different places. The villain of this, uh, per, um, of this, movie darbin who's a cree uh she's she's looking for the bangles in order to bring back the sun in order to replenish the cree empire or the cree you know or the uh the planet of hala which is you know the planet that the crees are coming from so she searches for whoever the other band and these three are now getting to know each other and everything which you know makes kamala very happy because she's all she's been dying to meet carol danvers for the longest time and she patterned herself around her like if you read the comic book you know she's heavily influenced in in you know a big fan a fangirl for um you know miss uh for captain marvel and also you guys gotta remember this movie is not only a follow-up and a sequel to miss marvel it's a follow-up and a sequel to three different you know um series and movies it's a, it's the follow-up to Captain Marvel, as well as what you did events of Endgame. This is also the follow-up to uh, WandaVision because Monica Rambeau got her photon powers from that. And by the way, it's really funny that they kind of really, in throughout the movie, they're trying to, you know, give um, Monica a name. We all know that she's photon uh, from, you know, the Marvel comic universe, but she's trying to say, she's trying to say she doesn't want a name, but we know eventually it's going to come out that way that she's going to end up being given that name uh but they're teasing it and that's something that marvel always does i love when they do that so she's probably she probably won't get that name until like later on another movie or two down the line you know provided what the hell is going on with the story right now but i know what's going on with the story um and i'm excited because i know about the story because like if you're a comic book fan and which of these are based off of people if you're a true comic book fan then you know what's about to happen and you know that the name of the one of the names of the actual avengers movies is called secret wars and it is going to involve some multiversal type of situations which is why this is the this new saga is called the multiverse saga for a reason 
and everything that happened on there for a reason. Now, there are, there are two different fans here. There are fans of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and there are fans of the Marvel Comic Universe. But also I would say the Marvel Comic Universe is also fans of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The people who are Marvel Cinematic based only know what they see from the cinema, from the cinematic, you know, movies. And a lot of times that kind of, there's, there's, it's, it's kind of not a good thing because all of these stories are based on source material. So if you don't know the source material, you don't understand what's going to happen. So you're going to try, try to make a big deal out of something that really is based on a source. And I know what's about to happen here. And I'm like, I said, I'm, I'm just, I am so looking forward to this because this can be way even like what we saw in this movie, it can even get bigger than that. And I can easily say this can lead to a very much anticipated Marvel character from a different universe. And I will explain that in the end, trust me. So these three end up, you know, finding out that they have similar power, uh, powers and their powers are kind of similar. So they end up having to team up together to get to find, uh, Darbin to get that bangle away. And by the way, that bangle that Kamala and Darbin has, they have, they recognize it as another name. There's another name for those bangles and it's called the quantum bands. This is the part where we separate the fans of the Marvel Cinematic Universe from the Marvel Comic Universe. First of all, before I even get to that, Darbin, I thought she was a really good villain. Um, she really, she was just great as a villain as um, Ronan on Guardians of the Galaxy. She, I thought she really did a really, like, I'm not messing with that chick. Like, she was no joke. <laughs> I'm not gonna cross her at all. I feel like everything she's in, like, Zal, Zal Ashton, everything she's in, I'm like, she got, she gives me the vibe and look like, you better not, you better not do nothing or say nothing wrong. <laughs> you will, you will catch it. So I thought she was a, she was a great villain. She was very powerful. I like the fact that she had uh Ronan's hammer. It didn't have the infinity stone, but it had somewhat of a, you know, similar power. We also find out that, you know, we knew that this was going to happen. The dynamic between Monica and Carol or Auntie Carol, if you will, was going to happen because if you guys remember in WandaVision, Monica was a little bit, you know, she had a little bit of resentment for her Auntie Carol because in Captain Marvel, when they left and I just watched that before I watched the Marvels, watched all of it before I watched the Marvels too, so I can get a recollection of everything that's going on. Um, when she left, she said she will be back as soon as possible. That did not happen. And then Monica was blipped. But what Monica did not know, and I was wondering this too, like, did she ever come back, you know, to see um, her mom before all this was over? And in fact, yes, she did. She eventually did come back. Um, we found that out during part of the movie where she ended up, um, you know, visiting her. They had to, they, they were trying to figure out, you know, where the band is and where, you know, wh wh where the coordinates is to where, uh, Darbin has been at. And they were trying to figure out, you know, what was going on. So they had to use this device, this creed device, uh, this scroll device or whatever like that, <coughs> excuse me, that 
allowed them to, you know, revisit parts of the their memory back. And they all got to sync together when doing it. Unfortunately, that led to her going back into a memory that it that showed that Carol absolutely did go back to visit her mom Maria Rambo, played by Lashana Lynch. And um they had this little moment because she did tell her that she had cancer and all that stuff. And remember she died before uh, Monica was blipped back be thanks to, you know, Tony Stark doing what he did. And that's what led to Monica coming back five years later, right where the situation happened in WandaVision. And, you know, she never knew why she never visited. And Carol, we learned later on that Carol basically didn't want to come back because she didn't want to see her as the annihilator as what Darben and the Kree would call her. The reason why she gained that name apparently is because she finally found the huge, you know, Kree Supreme or whatever that was, the, the AI that was that pretty much created the Kree skull scroll war in a sense. And the one that really kept her from, you know, remembering who she really was and how she ended up becoming you know, um, Captain Marvel with the, with the powers and everything. So she finally found it, destroyed it. And which she didn't realize that it led to a chain reaction of destruction, um, actually killing their son as well. So they've been without a son, which means they're without resources and natural resources. And it, you know, they can't live. They had to try to find elsewhere to go. They, their, their whole planet of hollow was struggling. And that's why that is why um, Darbin has been, you know, clandestine to try to get that back, to get those bands back so she can have the power to, you know, do that. But the fact that they announced, they reveal the bangles to be quantum bands is a big deal. Because if you're a Marvel Comics fan, not just a Marvel Cinematic Universe fan, but if you're a Marvel Comics fan, then you know that the quantum bands were a, were some powerful cosmic, um, instruments owned by one quasar quasar is a character in the comics that um basically he's one of the most powerful beings and you know one of the most like he's up there quasar is up there with uh captain marvel in terms of um powerful cosmic beings so like they they are really really investing into these deal. And there's been different quasars throughout time. Um, what was the first ones up? The one that I knew was like Richard Ryder. That was the one, you know, that I was, you know, that I started with when, when I was doing comics in the nineties and all that stuff. Um, but there've been other, um, uh, quasars that have taken on the helm of the power bands as well. Um, from, from that point. So the fact that the quantum bands are there is huge, which means we may see Quasar in. In fact, I thought I thought when he when he announced them as the, the, the quantum bands, then I also thought that Kamala is going to lose that uh, that um, that bangle eventually, and it's going to be going to whoever is um, whoever is handling the um, you know whoever is going to become Quasar. But they did a little bit of a, a, a change here. They did an interesting change here, and that results in the end credit scene or the mid credit scene that has gotten everybody talking here. So all through this, when they find this out, Kamala, Maria, 
and Carol all work together to try to master the ability of switching on the different areas and all the stuff. And, you know, it was really interesting. They end up traveling to different elements of space to try to find where she is and then try to get help from elsewhere. There's a very interesting scene that involves Carol going to a planet <laughs> where the planet sings and they serenade all the time. And it is played by a, um, the prince of that place is, uh, do they have him, uh, in here? I forgot the name of the guy. They don't have him for some reason. IMDB doesn't have him in here, but, um, oh, on the major part, but he is, there's a, oh, wait, no, there he is. Park Sue John, uh, or Sue Park, uh, Sue John Park, uh, who plays Prince Yan. Um, he's a Korean, uh, Hollywood, uh, a Korean star in, in that region. And He's now in the Marvel Cinematic uh, Cinematic Universe as Prince Yon, aka also Carol's husband. <laughs> uh, it's a diplomatic type of thing that she claims that it is. And basically, when they come to this land, she is greeted as the princess, as a queen. And she even dons a princess outfit in the form and design of the Captain Marvel outfit. It's really cute. And then we see her singing because that's part of the diplomacy of the whole thing. And the look on Monica and 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 and, <laughs> and uh, Kamala's face was priceless. First of all, again, I got to go back to Kamala, Aman. When you know Miss Marvel, Miss Marvel is known for being a a fangirl. And the deal is with her is that whenever she meets a new superhero, or even Captain Marvel, she goes into this phase she gets into the, she like she's starstruck and she captured it so beautifully like when her parents which we got to talk about the parents too when her parents told her when she finally managed to get back into um the home and she, she they told her that captain marvel was in her house the look in her face was priceless the look of her face when certain aspects of things that were happening before her eyes and she was discovering new planets and all these things like it was hilarious. There was one point where Monica, uh, Monica was like, how much of this uh, are you going to build into your fan fiction? <laughs> so it, it, I, I really love it. Also, I mentioned the parents. I love that the family, Kamala's family was, uh, I didn't expect Kamala's family. I knew we were going to see Kamala's family, um, but I didn't expect them to be in as deep as they were. And they were in a, like, they were pretty much a part of, the whole entire damn uh, show, the whole entire Khan family. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I loved uh, that Yusuf, um, Manabi, uh, Maniba, and Amir, his um, wife was not there, believe it or not. I don't understand why that, but um, the brother and the mom and dad were all there. And there were some really great scenes with them on air. I love the fact that um, Manabi, uh, Maniba, um, her mom, kind of played a little bit of a uh, warrior role in here too. Like there were parts when they were fighting against the Kree in the house and she was protecting her her husband. And I thought that was badass. I really liked the fact that they did that. And she really like, she didn't know how to fight, but she was fighting. And no matter what, she bravely like shielded her husband. I, I thought that was a really good, really cool thing to see. I thought that was awesome um, in there. And I've always loved a mom. Like, when Miss Marvel, when she she was always a stern mom, but she was so loving at the same time. And you knew 
why she was and we started learning why she was at the end but she i i love that character and yusuf who's like really kind of the um in the comic book universe yusuf is the aunt may of the comics like she really um kamala and her really bonded a lot in the comics and if you played the video game too they kind of really bonded on there too they don't really show the mom in there um but she really stowed out here and then also the brother amir was really hilarious all three of them they they played their part here goose in the movie was also awesome and we got to see more of goose's uh clan in there and there was a funny scene where they all ate all of the entire cast of saber which i thought it was interesting that they i don't know if saber saber is basically the new shield from outer space and i didn't i wasn't aware of that now in the comics now in the comics the outer space version of shield the planet the interplanetary version of shield is usually is called sword and all of a sudden that's not the case now they're called saber and and you know which is i believe it stands for strategic aerospace biophysics and let's see where is that um astro uh, biophysics and exo uh, linguistic responses so they just changed the whole entire acronym for that now and i don't mind that saber is dope uh, I, I, I can work with saber <laughs> but it's usually like originally it was sword you know to shield and and you know to that aspect but that is something that they changed and i'm okay with that but they actually goose's flirking you know deal they you know they needed to make sure that they get home get out safe so they made them eat all of the um the saber agents to make sure that they all fit in the car the actual uh escape pod and what a scene <laughs> there was a lot this was like guardians of the galaxy entertaining in action pack here i i there's a lot of by the way kamala i don't know who trained her to fight but boy she know how to fight by the time this damn uh movie came out because she was no joke in this so i love that all of them got their shiny here i honestly there was nothing i didn't like about this movie absolutely nothing and then by the end two things happened there were some big surprises here one the big surprise number one we got to see valkyrie valkyrie made an appearance in this uh movie because she took a lot of decrees back to new um asgard on earth so she teleported them there that was the second that was the first big surprise and we got to see a bond between carol and uh valkyrie that we never got to see before so i thought that was pretty cool the second big surprise of this was at the end when everything was all well and good and this movie at that point became the new iron man from this entire point like i know they started the multiverse saga already with you know dr strange and all that stuff and, oh yeah dr strange is another one that's in my list too of like ones that i enjoy but let me tell you this to me the marvels right now felt like the true beginning of the multiverse saga to be honest because what we didn't realize with dr strange and ant-man and uh ant-man quantum verse um thor love and thunder if you notice every one of those movies that came out oh 
can i add you know black uh, uh black panther wakanda forever with you know um riri williams if you notice every one of them had a new young superhero so by the time we reached the marvels kamala khan decides to play the role of nick fury and she decides to come up with the idea to start recruiting her own team and of all people she starts with is none other than kate bishop and it's gonna go from there <laughs> and it was that point i felt like in the movie like this is the true beginning of the new avengers the young avengers is absolutely coming now and kamala's gonna be the leader which i think is absolutely makes sense considering if you are a marvel comics fan then you know she is the leader of a lot of different groups and one of which is the champions which was kind of like their separate version of the avengers when they didn't like what was going on with um the, you know the recent civil war the, the civil war two that uh, occurred where miles morales became you know a victim of a possible crime that didn't happen yet and they said that he was going to kill captain america and that's where the civil war because there were people who were saying like okay it hasn't happened yet we don't know what's going to ha happen to him and there were people saying like we need to apprehend him now to prevent that and that's where the clash began where meanwhile the young avengers or the young team was like well don't we get a say and they said screw that we don't like either or we're gonna make our own thing and added miles to that and they end up becoming the champions from that point and kamala was the leader of that and she was a great leader so kamala you know you know iman is set to play a major major role here and i think she's going to be the iron man of this new team from this point on but this if you realize every one of those movies had a young new superhero on there one of which they've been forming because here's the thing all of this complaining and bitching and moaning that people have been doing about these recent movies we failed to realize that they've been forming the young avengers this entire time and you don't realize that until that moment when she's in kate's house and she's doing the whole entire nick fury speech and she's doing all these recruiting and everything and i'm like oh now this is all connecting this is all finally connecting so we got that i would also add that one of the biggest things that happened in the movie was monica was needed to save you know the multiverse from collapsing there were two universes that were coming together thanks to the what um darbin has done when she got hold of both um quantum bands which kind of did the same thing that peter parker did and and dr strange did and which also you know would happen in loki pretty much um but we saw what happened with loki this week um he is now a god of time maybe or custodian of time if you will or as custodian of the multiverse so this is apparently according to tom uh tom hiddleton this is the last time we're going to see um loki as a as what we see it now um so he, this was his last performance as loki which look he's done his dig and i love the way they ended that series but i think he's going to come back for the movies i i don't believe that i don't believe that at all. i think he's going to make an appearance in one of these in one of the two of the movies that'll be coming out so she ended up 
having to close the gap in the universe um, barrier. But by doing so, she also sacrificed herself and she ended up in another universe. This is where, and you know, it's up now, both Kamala and Carol are going to be working on trying to find her and get her back in some way, somehow. This leads to the mid credit scene and probably the biggest thing ever. And it's genius. <laughs> we find Monica waking up in this medical facility and we hear a familiar voice in this medical facility. Well, first she actually sees her mom or what looks to be her mom. And it is her mom. However, it is her mom in another universe. Now, if you guys remember in, in, uh, Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness, they went into this universe where the Illuminati was there. One of the members of that was Maria Rambeau, who was taken on the role of Captain Marvel of that universe. Now that was that universe. And also you remember that she died at the hands of the Scarlet Witch in that universe. But there's a reason why it's called the multiverse, because in the universe that Monica reappears in and thinks that she's talking to her mom and breaks down and cry and everything and she really takes it back when she starts to realize that she doesn't recognize her, which means Monica does not exist in that in that world. She never had Monica ever. And then on top of that, we hear a familiar voice. A doctor talks about her condition and it's a familiar voice we heard way before dating back to X-Men The Last Stand. And ladies and gentlemen, it is none other than Kelsey Grammer reprising his role as Beast of the X-Men. The X-Men have officially made it into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. However, there's a catch. He also mentions that Professor Xavier is in, which means they are in the Charles Xavier Mansion. So here's what's happening. If you haven't figured it out already, or if you haven't watched it, but here's what's happening. This is the, this is the multiverse saga. And now what's going to happen? We got the X-Men. We were promised the X-Men. We're getting the X-Men. We got the X-Men. It's officially set. Kelsey Grammer is reprising his role as Beast. I don't know who's Charles Xavier is going to be. I, it could be Patrick Stewart again. I would love for that. I wouldn't mind a new one because, you know, the Patrick, the, the Charles Xavier's that we have so far have been good. This is also Beast is here, but it's not like the prosthetic version of Kelsey Grammer as Beast. He is total CGI and I, that could be temporary, you know, from what I understand. Um, we don't know yet, but like, Beast being in here is official. The fact that he's mentioned Charles Xavier is official. X-Men are here, but in another universe. And it makes sense because in the 616 universe, it was the Inhumans that played the role of the mutants. And I, you kept wondering, like, how are they going to implement the mutants into the world when they already have the Inhumans in there? And they already tried, pretty much did that kind of storyline in there. But putting them in another universe, that can work. And they have. If you're a fan of the Marvel comic universe, then you know that there was such thing called the ultimate universe. 
it was the ultimate universe that we saw different variations of the avengers which they were called the ultimates you saw a different variation of the x-men in the fantastic four and in fact in the ultimate universe the fantastic four reed richards of that universe ended up becoming one of the biggest villains in that universe like he was dr doom magneto level insane but that means the fantastic four may come out from that universe and if you read the secret wars 2 series which i really actually enjoyed it was one of the better sagas that they've done they merged the ultimate universe to the 616 universe and also you know what else came out of the ultimate universe miles morales this is why this is bigger this could be bigger than would spell because this could absolutely mean we don't have peter parker i don't know when we're gonna see ever see peter parker or tom holland for that matter but having this other universe it's very possible miles morales can make an appearance miles morales can be that other member of kamala's new team that enters because eventually that universe and the 616 marvel cinematic universe are going to come together in this big avengers multiverse one or two movies that's going to happen there's going to be a merging of two universe or multi-universes coming together and there's going to be a change because that's exactly what they did in secret wars 2 when that was all over and dr doom who became like god doom if you will with the white and everything and he was ridiculously no joke in that book um that's what made that book so dope it was like god doom was like incredible like we had a we had a contest called the omega fist tournament back then and one of the rules that we couldn't that you couldn't do when you're doing fantasy you know teams you couldn't book omni level characters and dr doom by that point was an omni level character meaning he was op you could not pick this dude because you had to have a fair competition no ops ever or omni level characters in the game in a uh, in a contest because this is a contest where i was giving away actual prizes and everything um so yeah man it, it this is this is huge this is majorly huge and very smartly done to be honest so like this is how they're going to factor in the x-men this is how they're going to factor in the fantastic four and somehow some way everything's going to come in all together so um look i have nothing but great things to say about this film i enjoyed it from start to finish we all like everybody's in the theater they're laughing they're enjoying it we heard laughter we heard clapping we heard all that stuff you know the scene came in it kicked in so i enjoyed this film look i don't care what anybody says i felt there was nothing that made me think like eh, i don't know about this nothing grading i give this a solid a totally enjoyed this i thought everybody's performance was great i thought the storytelling was finally i think this was the movie that really glued everything together um everything that was going on since the since wandavision came out it all brought it together and now we're going to see something really awesome coming soon we're going to see a formation of a new team i think this is when everybody every fan is probably going to start to get excited again they should if they're not already bitter and you know displacing their frustration about whatever is going on in their world and putting it on in the, in the marvel deal because that's what we're seeing here and this leads to my other discussion everybody 
all right, not everybody. Let me, I'm, I'm being too broad. The majority of people that I've, that just talked about this movie, the majority, I, I can't stress that enough. Listen to me, the majority, not the minority. And if you don't know the difference, majority is a mass amount of people. Minority is a small amount of people. The majority of people who saw that movie and commented online said they loved it. They thought it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. It was entertaining. The stories were great. And the end credit really changed the game, which it has. But then you got these minority group of people, some of them who went to go see the movie and immediately just wanted to just bash it. To those who did not watch the movie, but go online to bash it. And this again, what is the what is the connection here? What is the coincidence here to other films that I've saw that with the exception of Miss Marvel that has been brutally bashed? They all starred female leads. It's not a coincidence. This is pure sabotage. Yes. Unfortunately, the Marvels open up to its lowest, you know, film ever. It's not because the film was bad. It, it it's because people did not want to see a movie about all female leads. And I would also question the female demographic as well, because the female demographic came out hard for Barbie. What was the difference between Barbie and not this? I don't understand that. I don't understand that at all. What was the deal with that? Like, and it's kind of, I know, I know something about that bothers me that you went out to go see Barbie and no disrespect to that. That's dope. But wasn't there always a situation where people argue, women mostly argue that they didn't want to be looked at as people who were down with Barbie all the time. And they wanted to have be rep, uh, recognized and represented for other elements of, you know, other fandoms and other things in, in, in life. So you got three, you got a movie, you got a really awesome movie starring three badass women. And it received this box office. What's going on here? What's, I, I don't get it. I do not get it. What I will get is that when you talk about the male side of things, I think that people were, I think people were wanting to make, see this fail. They wanted to see this fail from the beginning. And I think that's stupid and unfair. And they were, it this will literally sabotage. Now the box office has nothing to do with the quality of the film. Because regardless of what you think, if you didn't see the movie, you don't count because you didn't see the movie. You were just immediately protesting not to see the movie and like, and, and trying to see it fail, but it still doesn't matter to the quality of the movie. We are living in a really crazy world right now. Like where we, we live in a society where people want to just see people fall. This is a, we we're it's such a toxic negative situation right now where people just want to see, just not want to embrace positivity of anything. And I will dare say it. A lot of things it's like, if you're not white and male, then a lot of times you're going to see that it doesn't have an existence. And it's happens a lot of times when it comes to minority leads. And this happens when female leads or female minority leads for that matter. When, because they'll use the, they'll use the loosely term woke, which for some reason, politicians seem to believe that that term dates back to Marxism. 
That term was a slang term that we created in the late 80s. Mostly as a way of, you know, making us in the black community aware of what's going on in the world against us. Yet it's been adopted and bastardized for political purposes. But they now use it as a term as like, this is woke. This is a woke movie. This is whatever. This is a woke. Man, shut the... All right. Like, seriously, like that part pisses me off. Like, again, something that's taken from our culture has been adopted and commercialized and now politicized as something totally different what it was what not meant to be. This is a change in the guard and a great change in the guard. The Marvels was an awesome movie done by awesome actors told by some awesome people. And it did connect everything really nice because people constantly want to complain and bitch and moan about everything. They failed to see some of the great parts of all of these movies combined because now they want to see the old Avengers come back. And so do I, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with that, but there's the Marvel comic universe consists of so many awesome people that you got to have room for more people. You got to make more room and it got to And yeah, we're going into the cosmic era. And I think that's another thing that happens. Like when it comes to the cosmic portion of the Marvel comic universe, it's not really loved by everybody because it, it, it could be really considered complex. If you will, it could be very complex and very complicated at times, but I will say that Marvel studios has done a great job making it less complicated and less complex and a little bit more entertaining, especially when it comes to Thor. Thor was one of those people like I was not, I love the Thor character, but I was not favoring the comics because it was, it could be considered a little bit too Shakespearean at times. And I was like, no, I know I, I can't, I could get bored really easily. But when, um, Takei Watiti took over and did Ragnarok and all the stuff, it was a lot more fun to, to love Thor. And also they started lightening them up in other films and other, uh, in the other films too. But now we're getting to the cosmic era and yes, it is a very slow paced little type of situation. And I would dare say like, you know, give it time. It'll be better. And it is getting better. I thought they did a great job with this. I am one of those people who watched it along with my people and along with people in the theater. And we all seem to have enjoyed it. So I'm just, I'm, I guess I'm just one of those people who are tired of going on social media and everything from movies to video games or whatnot that post, you see these laugh emojis, especially on Facebook and the laugh emojis, which used to be, you suppose it was supposed to be meant for, you know, something lighthearted are now being weaponized by trolls who just want to make everybody feel as bad as they are or make them feel as, you know, if you're trolling online, period, if you're trolling online, you're, you're based, you're, you're going, th whatever you're going through in life, you're put, you're displacing your anger, frustration, sadness, depression onto people to try to make them feel as bad as you do, because you don't have a healthier way to progress your situation. You don't want to seek therapy. You don't want to do that. So you're going to put your anger and toxicity onto other people to make them feel just as bad because your world apparently around you is bad. That's unhealthy as hell. And all of a sudden that's, the, that's a lot of people in our, in our society today. And it's, and it just, then there's also one dimensional minded people who just want to hate on minorities. They want to hate on 
you know, women as strong figures. We got that going on. And then we got all this divide going on. And this divide is keeping us from all enjoying what we all love and have in common. I, I, I would, I love to say that we need to end this, but one, I don't know how we can end this because it all, it depends. It takes all of us to admit that we need help. I don't know how to stop that. And there's nothing I can do, but I will say this. I can only say this, like, look, get yourself out of your bubble. Talk about your truth, get your truth down. But start to admit that like maybe everything you hating on, maybe you're not truly hating on. Maybe it's just that you're just being bitter right now. Cause that's why I feel like that's what happened with this movie. That's what happened with movies and TV series prior. And we need to stop that because everybody deserves to have their part in this world. Everybody deserves to be a power and a voice. And it's okay for women to be badasses on film. But the fact that if you're basing the hate of this or the fact that this movie sucked on the box office there's a misconception there it has low it, it received low box office you know um proceeds it doesn't reflect on the quality of the movie the movie could be great as hell but nobody saw it doesn't mean it's bad it just means that you didn't get to see it so i mean if you if you per if you're one of those c students that think that that's how that works i'm sorry it doesn't so if you open yourself up to the idea that a fully female lead superhero comic book movie can be actually great, like you did when Wonder Woman came out, like you did when Captain Marvel came out, you can find something. Well, like you did when Miss Marvel came out, you can do so here. Cause I can guarantee you, you're gonna enjoy this movie from start to finish. It's a very entertaining movie and it does really connect everything smoothly and give us a lot to look forward to down the line in 2024 and 2025 so please give this movie a chance because there's no reason why you can't folks that will do it for this edition of talk time live as i mentioned in this episode we got a lot going on this week um scott pilgrim takes off premieres this week i can't wait till this till this series come out I am a huge Scott Pilgrim fan. Um, I am actually going to watch the movie before this, before the series comes out on Friday, but we're going to review this when on a Sunday show, there's going to be the talk topic of that as well as other news going on. Um, as far as select start comes out this week, I will not be reviewing Naruto cross bar to ultimate Ninja Storm connections because it premieres this Friday. However, I will be reviewing like a dragon Gaiden. The man who erased his name i'm currently playing that right now and um if you heard me review other yakuza games before this will be no different but this one's special i kind of kind of i kind of relate this to the marvels there's something bigger about to happen i've gotten enough to this one but we'll talk about that when we uh when we get to that point on sunday um or this week on select start however in honor and celebration of Naruto Cross Baruto Ultimate Ninja Storm Connections. I will have my guest, Amanda C. Miller, the voice of Baruto, come back on the show to talk about her role in the uh, upcoming game. 
and catch up with everything she's been going on too. Cause like last time we spoke and last time she's been on the show, it was during pandemic. We're not in the pandemic state anymore. And uh, I want to get to see what she's been able to enjoy and what she's been up to since. And uh, of course, this you know, her thoughts on the SAG after strike, uh, you know, aftermath as well. So um, looking forward to having her. So stay tuned. She will be on this week. Uh, I think we're going to do a night interview and then I got to do the production. So maybe Friday or Saturday, that episode will come out and uh, we'll do that then. But uh, yeah, man, it, I'm looking forward to having her back. She's always, I love, I so enjoy her being on the show. She's so lighthearted and fun to talk to. And uh, also I got to thank her too. I got to thank her. And I will talk about that um, when or during that episode too. So stay tuned for that. So you're getting pretty much three episodes this week. So stay tuned for that. And then next week we'll, I'll review Naruto Crossbar to Ultimate Ninja Storm Connections and whatever's going on from there. But folks, if you like this episode in every episode of Talk Time Live, please, I implore you to go on to the official website of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, and that is TalkTimeLive.com. That is where you can find all of our audio episodes, our video exclusive interviews, both in audio and video, mind you. You can find all that on there easily. We got a search engine for the audio uh, podcast portion. So if you type up TTL exclusive, you'll see the list of all the interviews that I've done there. You go listen to those audio, or if you want to check it out, you can check out all of our video exclusives. You can, all of our lineup of episodes are there as well. You can easily find it. And this is it. As far as the ACMG Facebook group is concerned, we're celebrating Naruto week. So I'm going to be uploading past interviews that I've had like with Molly Flanagan, the cast of Naruto and some other Naruto based things that I've done involving some of the cast members. So if you want to check that out, go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash ACMG two. Remember this is 2.0. Cause we lost, we, we lost Asgard, which was our first one. And this is new Asgard. We're, we're slowly building up to that. So, um, again, it's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash ACMG two. So you could go join a group. If you meet the requirements, you will enjoy a great group of people. I had the pleasure of uh, being with a few of them in the real world uh, for Movie Tavern, one of the best movie theaters experiences that we've that I have ever had. Um, you know, real restaurant food, recliner seats, all that stuff. You know, they bring the food to you, stuff like that. All of that, we enjoyed it and uh, had a great time with those guys. So shout out to all those guys over there, Craig, Wesley, Rich, Troy, um, forgot who else was there too. My wife was there too with this as well. So, and we're looking to do it again and we'll have more people next time guaranteed. So this is what it's talking about. We get out of the toxicity of the virtual world and get into the real world and have better conversations, different conversations there. So, um, you know, shout out to everybody from Philly who was able to make it there and, um, looking forward to doing it again. It's great to be able to do that again post pandemic. So stay tuned for that and much, much more. But if you want to check out all of our audio episodes and subscribe and download every episode and never miss a beat, we're everywhere podcasts are played. If you are fans of Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Audible, and many, many more, we're all there. You can find us there. That's not a problem. So thank you once again, everybody. And that'll do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dak Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out here. Take care. and You guys have a great week and stay tuned. Amanda C. Miller, Barto is coming.
Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.